Your quarterback is QB1 in this NFL league, but is that enough? What has to go into the job? Who's going to back him up? And how do you keep reloading just in case today on Locked on Chiefs? From the land of the free and the home of the Chiefs, this is the Locked on Chiefs podcast. Welcome back, everybody. Thanks for making us your first listen. Make sure you check out another Lockdown show for your next listen because we got them all over the network on all the teams. And I know this time of year you want to get your information. We have a great show for you today. We're going to talk about Patrick Mahomes, obviously the starter on this team at his position. But how does the room look and how does it function in 2023 versus years past? Uh, we're brought to you today by LinkedIn Jobs. Make sure you check them out for all the qualified candidates that you want. You can post for free by going to locked. I'm sorry, LinkedIn.com slash LockedOnNFL. That's LinkedIn.com slash LockedOnNFL to post your job for free. Terms and conditions do apply. Now, you everydayers know this already, but we're going through all the position groups. You can check those out all from last week, all the rest of this week, with the exception of Matt Derrick, will be in tomorrow. We're only a week away from training camp opening up and seeing players in St. Joe, so get excited. I know that you guys are. If you are an everydayer, thank you very much. If you're not, make sure you sub to this channel here on YouTube as well as the Spotify platform or the uh, Apple platform or anywhere you get podcasts because we're here five days a week for you. You everydayers know that already, and we appreciate you. If you want to get more into the action, check out the text line at 816-357-8781 and get connected. I'm excited to talk about this. I'm Ryan Tracy. I'm the founder of Rogue Analytics and Performance Consulting, NFL33.com, as well as rgrfootball.com. Look at you knowing the text line number by heart. Sometimes it only takes 78 repetitions, and I have it. There you go. <laughs> and I'm Chris Clark from Chiefs Corner. This actually is a really exciting show today, at least in my opinion, because we talk about QB1, and I think in some ways, in some places, he is taken for granted. And he is. Quite frankly, think about where we were six, seven years ago before Patrick Mahomes. Maybe you had QB... I don't know. What would you call Alex Smith? QB 10? That's probably fair, which, you know, if you're having a bad flashback right now to Matt Castle, et cetera, et cetera, QB 10 was an incredible jump. So right. let's remember those days as well. Yeah. And I guess really my point is Mahomes is Mahomes. He's QB one. He's going to be QB one in the NFL for the next several seasons. I don't think that there's any doubt in my mind in that regard with the way he's playing and the way he continues to keep developing different things in his game and getting to a higher point, uh, and Andy Reid having, you know, helping him with that, I think that that's going to continue to be something that we're going to see over the next several seasons. But he isn't alone in the QB room, and it becomes even more apparent and even more important to talk about the other guys that are in that room with him, but also the other people that have brought him along and helped him in his career. Well, and you make a good point, and it goes back to the beginning when he was the other guy in the room. That first year with Alex Smith, learning how you prepare, learning how you're methodical and you understand your opponent, and even if you never played them before, when, when Patrick was a rookie, he didn't have the, the physical experience, but he learned the process from Alex Smith, setting up this entire routine here, and then it moved on. You've had some some guys like uh, Matt Moore in the room. You've obviously had Chad Henney for a number of years. And that that room coalescing to work as a group, there's all kinds of stories about uh, how Tom Brady did it, how uh, Peyton did it. Peyton used to hand out assignments to the back of quarterbacks. Yep. You know, like, I don't, I don't know anything specifically about how Patrick runs that room. But when you're the starter, you, you run the room with the quarterback coach. 
I, it all comes together and you have to have support. And I think that's the really interesting thing is he started as the support system. Now he has his own, but it's kind of morphed as we've gone through. What is this, six seasons now? Yeah, and it keeps morphing because QB coaches keep changing. Offensive coordinators keep changing. He's had to morph and he's had to change. And one of the stats that really sticks out to me, and I believe it was from Warren Sharp. If you go back and you look at Warren Sharp, he ta- he tweets about Patrick Mahomes, and you look at the average depth of his TD passes in his starting year, his first starting year of 2018, 17 or 18 yards per. You know what his average was last year? I don't. 4.5. <laughs> now, say what you want about what that means for Mahomes. It's not that he can't throw the ball far. It's not that he can't throw those deep passes for touchdowns. His defenses have generally taken that away from him. And in a way, it's a blessing in disguise for Kansas City because it's forced him to grow to a point where he can now score those touchdowns from less than five yards away, where it is one of the hardest places to score on the field, even though you're so close. Yeah, it it is a total flip and evolution. And I think we could see it again. How yep. does that go about? It, it starts from a number of places we've seen over the years, uh, especially the last couple of years, about how many player-created plays end up in the playbook and on the field. There's that piece, but there's also the the the, the core, the Andy Reid designed pa- uh, pass plays, uh, the Matt Nagy stuff that's going to be put into the playbook, and then you have to go learn it as a group. And those guys that are in the room now are continually helping prepare Patrick for every opponent that he's going to face. The question is going to be, who's going to be in the room now that Chad Henney is gone? The most epic retirement ever, still on the field at the Super Bowl. I will never forget that because if you're going to go out, that's that might be the, the, the top way to ever go out. Yeah, that's pretty cool. And I will say this, you know, Chad Henney, I think, did a fantastic job helping Mahomes. Uh, and he never got enough credit for everything he did for. I guarantee he was doing behind the, machine, behind the scenes for Mahomes. Mahomes gave him credit. But – the fans didn't everybody, you know, you can write stories about what Chad did, whatever. He's still not getting the credit that he probably deserves for how much he was helping Mahomes get ready just from a middle aspect, not as not even getting into the play calling aspect or the reading the field aspect. And I'm not saying Mahomes can't do any of that, but it's great to have that many different sets of eyes. Think about it from this perspective of you have a QB, you have a head coach, you have an offensive coordinator, you have a QB coach, you have QB so that's four players. So that's four people. That's four sets of eyes that can see something differently. You add in another QB that you trust, that gets you to five. You add in another QB that could be in there for the practice squad or your third QB, or maybe you end up having two more. You could get you know to six or seven different sets of eyes without getting into other positional groupings that could be in there or other guys from the roster that could be in there and seeing things differently as well. All of those guys coalesce and bring everything together to help put the product on the field. And that's the hugest key. I mean, you're going to see a shift from, you know, Nagy wasn't the offensive coordinator last year. He is this year. So they have a new QB coach this year. So you're going to see a little bit of a shift there. You have a new QB too because Henny retired. So you're going to see a little bit of a shift there. But you got some guys that were here last year behind him uh, that could also play a part in that. And Andy Reid is still here. So Mahomes has gotten an evolution of how his career has progressed and what he has seen consistently is okay first it was single high then he beat the crap out of single high on a regular basis and that's why the defense has changed and now you're in a situation where 
it's to a point that it's now they have to cover so long and they have to cover so deep. He's taking those short plays. He's taking those short chunks. And let's not forget, he had four, four and a half yards per TD pass last year on average. Mm-hmm. He still had 40 touchdowns and he yeah. still threw for over 5,000 yards. That's impressive regardless <laughs> when you start thinking about uh, thinking about it. It's a different process, same result. Yep. And I think we both feel like that's going to happen again. The question is, who's going to help him get there? Who's going to be the next guy onto the field? We'll talk about the backup role and who's in the fight for it right after this. Because first, I don't think the Chiefs advertised the backup role on any uh, website or anything. But if they did, if they wanted the potential people that could fit this particular business and play that role, they'd have been smart to put it on LinkedIn jobs because that's what they do. They make sure that you're 100% certain that you're getting the qualified candidates that are available for you in your role so that you can distinguish them. They give you a purple hashtag that goes on your social and on your LinkedIn, it's a hiring frame, so everybody knows uh, that you are looking for some kind of hire. That spreads like wildfire through the network and lets you get into the action of screening questions, uh, making sure that you get the right candidates, and picking someone that you feel has the skills and the experience that you're looking for. You can prioritize, and that helps you make the right hire, just like the Chiefs did here in bringing in Blaine Gabbert. I think they're pretty happy with that. So go list your job today at LinkedIn Jobs. It helps you find the qualified candidates for free that you're looking for, and they do it faster. Uh, post your job for free at LinkedIn.com slash NFL. That's LinkedIn.com slash NFL to post your job for free. Terms and conditions do apply. Now, I think this comes down to a two-headed race. We'll get to our 53-man projection as, as we see how the reps go out in camp. I don't think there's a whole lot of mystery to it. But there are two camps. There is the group that understands what Andy's looking for uh, and that the veterans, the guy that he wants to be the backup so that when you, if you were to lose Patrick in a given ballgame or he had to miss something, that, that you have the experience factor to rely on. We know they're not going to – no veteran quarterback of that kind of ilk is going to have anywhere near the athleticism or the arm talent. That's okay. That's not what they're looking for. That's one half of the argument. The other half of the argument is Steve michelle has been here, and he's on the up, and they feel that uh, he can offer something in a duel here for being Patrick's backup. You think that there's going to end up with three on the roster. I think there's only going to be two, so that makes this decision even a little bit tighter. But – the pros and the cons. Let's start with Blaine Gabbert. What does he bring to the table? Chris is going to decide to unmute, and then he's going to tell you what he thinks. Yeah, I am going to decide to unmute. I want to correct something from my, from the last segment really quick. I did find the stat I was talking about from Warren Sharp. It's average length of Mahomes in 2019 was 17.3 air yards. That's a little different than what I was saying. Uh, it is 4.5 air yards in 2022. He threw 41 touchdowns. Only one traveled more than 19 yards last season. So something to – I just wanted to clarify that so uh, we don't get hammered for giving incorrect information. <laughs> but uh, when it comes to Blaine Gabbard, I think what you're looking at is you're looking at a guy that was drafted number 10 overall. The talent never got to the point where he could be a consistent starter but that doesn't mean he doesn't have value in the NFL. And this is exactly the situation that you'd want a guy like Blaine Gabbard in. He's going to be coming in. He's been in the NFL long enough. He can be that veteran presence and give you somebody to bounce ideas off of. Because 
one of the things I was talking about before is all the different eyes in the room. Well, not only do you have different eyes, now you have diff- the ability to say, okay, well, what do you see here? And talk about different plays and how you see different things progressing in different defenses. And you can do maybe what, what something like what Peyton Manning did, where he would give you know some of his backup QBs assignments. Go study this team. Go study this team. Go study this team. I'm pretty sure Patrick doesn't do that. I'm pretty sure he's already probably taken a look at, you know, maybe some of the teams they play in the first couple of weeks uh, in the divisional opponents uh, for the tendencies. But I do think that he is going to be using Blaine Gabbert and using Gabbert's experience to help him get ready for the season. I, I think he should. It, it's it's only the, the easiest way to get <clears throat> what is another point of view uh, from a starting quarterback with experience in this league to make that part of the preparation cycle. Whether he's identified players, uh, Blake Everett's been around. He he he's got a pretty good eye. He uh, has a tendency to rescue people when they're uh, out in the ocean. Like he picks stuff out. His eyes are good, so use them. Understand how to dissect what's going on in the field, and maybe offer uh, a different way to attack something. Break it down and, and have multiple options. That's all well and good, and that's certainly the key role for the backup quarterback on a week to week basis. But when you break it down into Patrick has another ankle sprain. First drive of the game. Who do you want in there on this roster? And I should put the roster up here, folks. For those of you uh, who are on YouTube, make sure you check that out. It is a smaller group, as you would guess, uh, because there's not that many quarterbacks on this roster. It is just Michelle, Blaine Gabbert, Patrick, and Chris Aludakun. Aludakun, sorry. I always say that incorrectly. Um, so it's, it's not a, a deep group, but this is – what happens when you have QB1 in the NFL? So it becomes, if Patrick were were to stub his toe on his first drop back of a ball game, and you need somebody to finish the game, are you most comfortable with Blaine Gabbert at this point? I think you have to be. The, the problem with bringing in a guy like Shane Bichelle and, and maybe even Chris Aludicoon is you're going to have to pare down what you do on offense. I'm not saying you don't have to pare it down with Gabbert. You're going to have to. He can't do the same thing that Mahomes can do. But Gabbert's going to be able to do more than what Shane Bichelle can do and, and what Chris Lodacoon can do at this point. That's just the way that they're going to be wired. That's him being a veteran in this league, and I'm sure he's going to be ready to go and ready to step in if absolutely needed. Obviously, you hope that that never happens, but to me, I don't think it's a choice. I think if you if something was to happen, it has to be Blaine Gabbert. Shane Bichelle hasn't shown anything that would make you think that he could be that guy. I mean – Blaine's got wins. I happen to agree with you. I, I think he ends up being the two because that's that's one scenario. Then the question becomes, what if it were a, a longer-term injury? Can you see Blaine Gabbert sustaining for, say, a six-game stretch? Or do you then have to consider a backup like Michelle? We're going to answer that question in just a minute on the backside of this. And I'm excited to tell you about our friends over at Bird Dogs because Bird Dogs make you look good. Bird Dog's stretch khaki shorts are designed to fit slimmer through the thigh and leg, giving you a truly sculpted look. They do the exact same thing as Lululemon, but they fit way better than Lululemon shorts do. They fit better than regular shorts as well because they are made of a stiff, restricting cotton, but they fix the issue of not being able to move because they invented a knit fabric that looks just like khaki but stretches, so you get a way slimmer fit without having to sacrifice the movement. Bird Dogs uses an anti-stink sweat wicking fabric that keeps you cool and dry all day long. Right now, you can get 
some money off if you go to birddogs.com slash locked on NFL or in a promo code locked on NFL for a free Yeti style tumbler with your order. That's birddogs.com slash locked on NFL or promo code locked on NFL for a free Yeti style tumbler. You won't want to take your bird dogs off. We promise you. So that's where I think the conversation takes a twist. I'm still leaning on the veteran until I have a reason not to, but we have seen veteran backups in this league play well for a game, maybe two, and then they start to wear down. So the question yep. then becomes is can you stay with them? What's your gut tell you about where Steve Bichelle is? I'm sorry, Shane Bichelle is here uh, versus Blaine Gabbert in that kind of situation. If I'm guessing, I would say that unless he's taken big steps forward since the last time we saw him in the preseason, that Kansas City would be looking for another quarterback as soon as Mahomes got hurt. Um, they're going to try to bring in another veteran that could step in and run the same system that uh, they already have. Um, and maybe that's, you know, calling a guy like Chad Henney and saying, hey, I know you retired, but would you consider coming back and <laughs> uh, being you know, a backup for a couple of games? Um I don't think that they want to go that direction with with Bichelle, but uh, it's going to be interesting. And the whole thing that really throws me off in this conversation is, are they keeping two or are they keeping three? Mm -hmm. Last year, they kept three. They started the year keeping three. The year before, Bichelle made it through to the practice squad and got picked up before somebody got brought up to the active roster before somebody else took him. So Kansas City felt like they were going to lose him. Last year, they didn't even give him a chance to go to the to the practice squad. They kept him on the roster the entire year. We don't we haven't seen enough in preseason games and in, in training camp to think that he could be a guy that could really step in and help unless he is continuing to progress uh, and shows a lot more this year. So to me, I understand why I think that they would look at keeping three. I don't know that there's great value there, but if they think that he can step in and is better than anything they could pull off the street. You kind of understand it to an extent because if there's one position in the NFL that can sink your team faster than anything else, it's QB. If you don't have a capable QB, you're going to struggle. Yeah, there are no two ways about that. So this is not to leave Chris Oludicona out of the, the conversation, but we have seen to this point that there might be more of a battle to be the third quarterback on this roster than there is to be the second. So that brings on the fact that Oludicona's been with the team for a bit. I think he's a practice squad candidate. I think you want to keep at least a player on the practice squad at this position, no matter what. I don't particularly see him overtaking Steve, Shane Bichel. I certainly don't see him taking over Blaine Gabbard. Do you? No. And I do think it's interesting when you go back and you show the roster uh, before, Ludicun is actually a lot skinnier than the rest of them. I thought that was interesting. I wouldn't have figured that he was under 200 pounds. But according to the Chiefs roster, yep. 195. Yeah. Same height as Mahomes and 30 pounds lighter. That is quite uh, that is quite a deal, especially when you think about being the same height. Mm -hmm. And Mahomes, it's not like Mahomes is thickly built. That's the other part of it. Yeah, he's got that golf butt. It's okay. Well, we'll <laughs> the see. guy's going to be a hell of a golfer that I intend to watch until I'm like 90. So I'm sure he'll be able to pull that off once his playing days in the NFL are done. But you're right. That kind of, of frame is is more difficult to see uh, projecting well onto the field, especially uh, come playoff time or anything like that. So the question then becomes, as a last-ditch effort, say you, you feel you have to get down to two quarterbacks. Say I'm right this year and they don't carry a third, and they're either to get 
Lucan or Vichelle or both onto the practice squad and they're comfortable, everything's fine. Patrick has to take four weeks off. And now you have Gabbard as your starter for a foreseeable stretch. And then Michelle twists his ankle in practice. Now you're in the situation where I don't think you can feel comfortable with who your backup is for those four weeks. And that could be a situation where maybe they have to go out and look for another acquisition that was yep. probably the most locked down position on the roster. Yep. Well, I would agree with you. And I, I think that that's something that they have to be considering. And I think that with the way Beach does things, I guarantee you he's already thought about it and he's already kind of got an idea as to who. Uh, and there's two things here who he would be interested in and who he thinks Coach Reed or who he knows Reed would be interested in. Because that's another big key is Veach isn't going to do anything that Randy Reed's not going to approve of, but he still might have a little bit of a different opinion. True. Uh, I'm really intrigued by that because there's a couple of guys that, and we'll name them here in a second. Um, yay or nay, would you be interested in Carson Wentz? <sighs> yeah, if if you're down to your third stringer. Yeah, I mean, money, money's not a problem. He's going to get, you know, third quarterback pay. These are the free, street free agents that are left. Matt Ryan. Again, probably. I, I might actually be more interested in Matt Ryan than Carson Wentz, to be quite honest. Okay. But. I, I could probably lean that direction, too. Teddy Bridgewater. Man, Teddy's tough. I really like Teddy uh, when he was in Minnesota, and he hasn't been the same QB since in my mind. Um he gives you more, I think, potential upside than a guy like Matt Ryan, obviously, because of age. But uh, that's the question is, do you trust a guy like – because the other thing, and you talked about this earlier, with veterans coming in and maybe being okay for a game or two, I could see that situation with a Matt Ryan having to come in and play. He'd be okay for a game or two. But then the question is, a game or two of Matt Ryan or four games of a guy like Teddy Bridgewater – I don't know. I think I would probably have to lean Teddy. I think I would have to go with the youth as well. Would you go Wacko for Flacco? No. Okay. I I, <laughs> Sorry, uh, Joe. <laughs> it's it's just he's a different type of player, and I he's I just don't think he really fits what they would be wanting to do. Um, Bridgewater's different than what Mahomes is, too, and, and any of the other guys we've been talking about, but I think Andy Reid could make it work for a couple of weeks. And, and you know, Here's the bigger key. Are these guys still going to be available when the season comes around and people are start getting injured? We don't know that, obviously. But I still don't think that Flacco would be one of their top choices. I could see a scenario where you would call Matt Ryan, where you would call maybe even Carson Wentz, even though I wouldn't like it. But if you can't get Matt Ryan and your choice is Joe Flacco or Carson Wentz, I think I'd still probably go Carson Wentz. I trust Andy Reid to do a lot more with a younger guy than a guy that that isn't that young. I can get down with that. But now is where it gets really interesting because I don't think any of those guys are the real options. If this scenario were ever to come to face, one of these three guys will be the emergency quarterback. You <laughs> tell me which one it is. Because these guys are all available right now and they all have Andy Reid ties. 34-year-old Nick Foles, 37-year-old Chase Daniels, or just try and like beg on the porch to get Chad to come back at 38 years old. I honestly, I think their biggest, their choice would be to try to beg, Ch beg it for Chad to come back if something happened and Mahomes went down for a stretch. Uh, yeah. I think that would be the first move. And I think Chase Daniels is up there too. I, I think that if 
it's one of the other. I would say it probably goes uh, Foles is three, Daniels is two, and, and Henny is one in, in that scenario if it's those three guys. Uh, I don't think Henny is going to possibly probably come back, but if you throw enough money at him, I mean. Because <laughs> then you he's know. the backup to Gabbard, right? Okay. Well, yeah, but that doesn't. But he's only still one snap away from playing. So true, true. You're in a situation where he could potentially have to play, so you'd have to make it worth his while. But he would be able to step in and know the offense and know what needs to be done and be able to run it efficiently enough. And and the other side of all of that that we haven't discussed with all those other guys is Henny is the only one that would actually have chemistry with any of those guys yeah. that are on the roster with the Chiefs. And, and that's not all of them, the but just choice. some of them. Yeah, but that's why I agree with you. That would be the first choice. So, so. Folks, that's never going to happen. That's not the, the scenario here. It's probably more likely that um, Blaine Gabbert might hurt himself in practice and then we go through kind of an acquisition scenario rather than Patrick himself. But we wanted to run down the options for you. Let us know what you think. Who do you want backing up Patrick Mahomes? Leave it in the comments here on YouTube or in the reviews on uh, Spotify or on Apple or wherever you like to. We're going to get into this today. Matt Derrick is coming tomorrow to give us a little insight as we get ready for next week's look at the opening of training camp. And then we're going to finish up. We're going to go through every D lineman and offensive lineman that are going to protect Patrick Mahomes or chase the other quarterback that's coming later in the week. Thanks for spending your time with us today. We very much appreciate it. Make sure you like, sub, and hit that bell right now. I appreciate you being here. Hit 816-357-8781 to get on the text line. We appreciate your time. Thanks for listening. 